Hey everybody, my name is Alex, and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, um, if you, if this is your first time in a while, your first time on the podcast at all, I encourage you to go listen to the podcast backlog and subscribe if you like the podcast and, you know, hit all the buttons, ring all the bells, leave a five-star review on whatever app you're using to listen to the podcast. But um, you should especially go listen to the last episode of the podcast all about um, Shuna's Journey, which is a 1983 manga um, penned by the infamous old anime crank. Anime was a mistake himself, Hayao Miyazaki. And it it's from 1983, but it's being published this year. I think it was published... November 1st this year for the first time in English, which is, um, which is just a great thing. It's a, it's a Hayao Miyazaki story, but way more brutal because he doesn't have to, like, put it on a screen for others, if that makes any sense. But definitely go check out that episode, and you can find that manga, I think, on Amazon still for about 20 bucks, and it's a nice hardcover thing. I'm staring at it right now. It's right beneath my um, desk. But... Um, with that said, let's jump into what we'll be talking about um, this episode, which is a little show from um, actually June of it started airing in June of this year and ended air and stopped airing in March of this year. Um, so like the summer, like the summer season, basically. Um, and that show is. Police in a pod.
Now, before we get into Police in a Pod proper, I want to take everybody through a couple things. The very first thing is um, a term called copaganda. Now, the reason why I want to take you through this is because this is very much what this series is in its own weird, pretty actually unique way. Um, And what copaganda is... (laughs) It's a largely American conceit, and it is a propaganda. Is things like um, what's it called? Like um, any cop show you would watch on TV, um, CSI, FBI, nine one one, all those. I just said a bunch of like law enforcement words, but are also those are all. Um, actual shows on TV and there was a great there's a great piece on um, John Stewart's show all about copaganda I think I think it was on John Stewart's um, show the problem with John Stewart and it it was a great I'll see if I can't remember where I found that and I'll link it in the description hopefully or I'll um, post about it somewhere with respect to the podcast and, like, link about it later or whatever. But essentially what propaganda is, is it is this, um, it is glorifying of the police in, um, popular media. And what that means is TV shows, once again, things like CSI are, um, are absolutely propaganda. Law and Order is probably the most propaganda thing you can kind of shake a stick at for a lot of different reasons. Um, this, uh, just a fun fact, this comes out of, I think it's, I think the thing that it comes out of is a show called Dragnet from the 70s. And the reason why it comes out of this is because the producers of the show Dragnet went to the, I believe it was the LAPD, and said, hey, we want to make a show, but we want to make it accurate. And the LAPD said, you can have access to everything you want. We just want script approval. And what that meant was they had script approval, so, they, so Dragnet was never going to make anything that less than glorified the cops. And like, you know... Usually people who make propaganda shows are like all in anyway, but that is a unique new level of like the dog gets to write the recipe for the dog food kind of thing. Like, of course, there's going to be if you let a dog write a recipe for dog food, it's going to be and I get five steaks a day as a supplementary as a supplement to my dog food. Of course, that will happen. But so that's the first thing I want to like post here because I want to talk about here because that is so much of what this show is doing and so much of the of what this show finds itself in the environment of. The second thing I want to talk about is a particular um, the second like umbrella term for this show is a particular kind of Iyashke show that is like a relaxed explanation of a job. And if you're like, what are you, what are you talking about? Um, if you think, look at something like laid back camp. Laid back camp is not talking about a job, it's talking about a hobby. But what it's doing is it's ingratiating you to doing that hobby. Like you, like by the end of laid back camp, you're like, yeah, I could go and like camp and have beautiful, like views of Mount Fuji and be very okay with that, man. You don't think about the bad parts of camping. You think about the ideal presented to you. This has a much less regimented version of that in it somewhere. Um, It's probably one of the better, more honest, um, like, relaxed job anime that I can think of is Silver Spoon, which is all about, like learning the ropes of 
running a farm of like run of like running an actual working farm and like the silver spoon is like about a bunch of kids who are in school for like animal husbandry for like raising vegetables and all this other stuff and this but what i will say is that silver spoon is much closer to this show than something like um um, then some people like laid back camp is, and the reason why that is is because Silver Spoon is a show about like becoming an agricultural worker, but it also has a lot of like hilarity that ensues about being an agricultural about being an agricultural worker, and they like slightly recontextualize the world so like this weird cheese boot is around all the time. <laughs> Um, this doesn't quite go that far, but it does seek to have a, a fair bit of levity with, with the subject matter of you're following essentially to, the Tokyo Metropolitan, uh, a small branch of the Tokyo Metropolitan Police Department. Um, and so... That's where we find ourselves as, like, a, the context from outside on what police in a pod is. And when the show was suggested, what was kind of pitched to everybody in early earlier this year, it was essentially pitched as, like, you're going to follow two female police officers. And the show absolutely does that. And what the show tries to do do pretty and pretty does pretty well they tried to do the like yashke job move of here's what different things that people do in these in as a officer of the law looks like like here's what it function what it's functionally all about um, whether that is finding a missing person, whether it is, that is stopping a burglary, whether that is, you know, driving a bike at the head of a marathon to clear the way, which is often a thing the cops do. And I can imagine that the um, production studio, um, that the production studio um, Magic Castle did a lot of research into like what it looks like to actually be a cop and the reason why i say that is because it's not that you don't see police in east asia it's that you don't have as much of an interaction with police often in east asia so if you're one of our um, one of my american listeners i know i actually have listeners all over the all over the world but if you're one of my american listeners if you if you're familiar with like just kind of like especially in New York City or in any major city at this point, you just see cops who have big old guns and like sometimes are armed to the teeth depending on what happened the day or week before. And it's just kind of part of like everyday life here. And for international listeners, that's what's like in America. Like cops are armed to the teeth sometimes because Someone sent in a threat three days ago, and they're still sorting it out. But now, all the cops have to get their Uzis out of storage. I'm not kidding. It sucks. When I used to commute into New York, it used to suck if the terror rating turned to yellow. Because you're like, oh, great. I love getting my bag searched for no reason. <laughs> I don't think I've, I don't think I've ever been selected for a bag search in, like, Penn Station once. And it was this very much like, look, man, we don't want to do this. <laughs> We've seen you before. You're fine, but we have to. I'm like, cool. Um, but in any case, in East Asia, the interaction is very different. Like, yes, you probably still see police around, but you don't... Like, extended interaction with the police is usually not a huge thing. Unless you've done something wrong. And this show, it's first... And I, a big question I have, if I have any Japanese listeners, which actually I know I have Japanese listeners. To any of my Japanese listeners, do people really call the cops 
fucking tax parasites in Japan because like that was that was the thing that really took me back that like I was really taken aback by when I was watching the show because that's not a thing we do like we don't we don't have this implicit understanding that the state is funding the police like on some level we know but we don't it's not a thing we acknowledge we we would probably if we go and insult a cop we call them a pig or if you're talking about and I love this if you're talking about forest rangers, you call them tree pigs. I'm not kidding. It's great. Um, but that just like took me back of like, wow, like adults, at least the adults in this show have a really like deep and meaningful understanding of like, oh, our taxes pay for your job. You suck. What? Why am I paying for your job and you're giving me a, a traffic violation ticket right now? Um, and so at the start of the show, you meet um, not necessarily the main character, but a main character. Um, this young woman named Kawhi. And Kawhi is has this very put upon, like, she has written her resignation letter. She has it. And as she's about to hand it, it is walking to work to hand it in. This beautiful woman, like, just breathes past her. And she's like, wait, she's a police officer? And that beautiful woman ends up being the character um, Miss Fuji, her her senior partner. And ends up making Kawhi rethink handing in her resignation because... Kawhi had just started being a police officer. For, she's only been a poli- an officer for like three months. And she's gotten so much verbal abuse of just like, you fucking tax parasite, you suck wind. What is wrong with you? The kind of shit that people say to the cops when you're getting a traffic ticket. When like you're getting a traffic ticket signed if you would like a bigger traffic ticket. Or like stuff like that. Like just the kind of like general verbal aggressive towards cops bullshit but she's a young like 20 something girl and it sucks and she hates it and she wants it she wants that to like not be the case anymore you find out later that the whole reason why she's a cop is it's the only public service test she could pass for employment and her dad says like you better get a you better get a public service job because those pay and you don't have to pay taxes and it's easier. And there's, a, there's something that this show does and they, they're careful to do it in the dub too because I watched the dub of this. Um, and that's they have a lot of context to each, like to every scene to make you understand like, Oh, her dad was just like having a bad night and he was complaining to his daughter. He didn't actually mean for her to go out and be a cop. <laughs> he meant for her, he he meant it as like a belly aching, like, I hate life. Like, don't, don't be like me, kids. In like that kind of way. Like, not the serious kind of way. And she just took it seriously. <laughs> and... So she had this very put-upon thing, but she meets Miss Fuji. And with the introduction of Miss Fuji, and with all the other surrounding characters, you start to realize this thing. You start to realize this thing that is... It's almost Brooklyn Nine-Nine-esque, but it's not that insane. And the thing you start to realize is that everybody in this show low-key sucks at their job. Like, and I shouldn't say Loki absolutely sucks. The Loki fuck ups, like they get they get the job done, but like in the dirtiest way possible. Lots of times. Later, on, much later on in the show, like like I want to say episode eight, maybe. Um, there's a whole like storyline about the fact that like the detectives shouldn't be allowed to drive anymore because they keep causing traffic accidents. Because they keep driving too recklessly. And no one will stop them. Because they're the motherfucking cops. And the... The... 
the uh, their the chief officer is like, you guys gotta clean it up. You caused like five accidents yesterday because you were speeding and you fucked up traffic patterns, <laughs> and you brought back a like a government vehicle and it was fucked up. What is wrong with you people? And then you have Miss Miss Fuji, who was demoted from being a detective back down to what they call um station to like a station to a station cop, like um like Kawaii, because she's too fucking forceful. Like as a woman in her position as a detective, she's too forceful. And you meet her co-workers later and they're like, yeah, she's a great detective. She's just scary as fuck. And you see what they see them as, what they see both Kawaii, who has adopted some of um, Miss Fuji's moments of, like, polite, scary aggression. Um, they see them as, like, gorillas <laughs> in skirts. It's very, un- it's very unhinged and very funny because you get to... Understanding pretty quickly, like, all the guys are afraid of every... Every woman in the show is someone for the dude bro, like, the, got the male detectives and the male officers, to just be afraid of. To just, like, oh, fuck, don't piss off Kawaii. She has a way of getting back at you. Or is it another character who's, like, a green-haired character and, like, just will glare at you into submission? Um, but the... Let me see if I can find that character's name because she's kind of important. The oh, um, Miwa is also like she's another like people are afraid of fucking her. And in this show, one of the good things is that you are following female officers, and it's female officer centric. And yet you get, like, moments, because it is, at its heart, a comedy show, um, you get moments of, like, the internal monologue of male characters. Like, there's a, um episode all about tailing somebody. And so what they've done, so what the police officers do is they're tailing this couple, one of whom is a meth dealer. And so... Kawaii and Miss Fuji have to pose with other male officers as if they're a couple and tail people and tail these people. And one of the male officers, um, Senji, suggests to Kawaii, like, we should hold hands. It would make us look more like a couple. And Kawaii's immediate response is, fuck you, that's sexual harassment. (laughs) His, like, moment of, like, oh, fuck. I can't say it's for work now because that's just creepier. I am fucked. This is fucked. I'm going to get fired because I'm on the hook for super reckless driving again. And the chief was like, hey, if you don't fuck this up, I'll just forget about that whole fucking up that car thing. (laughs) I'm dead meat on a stick. And it's just this... They have those jokes and those jokes really play out. And um, so... lots of different ways to write female characters. This is really effective. If you want a reason why, go look at um, actually an anime airing right now, Chainsaw Man. In Chainsaw Man, all of the female characters are essentially forces of nature that happen to that happen to and around the main character the main character Denji. Or two and around, or two and around Aki. Even Power is like a force of nature character. She's not. She she becomes more interesting in the story down the line, absolutely. But she is less. But characters like um, Makima or um, the Eye Patch um, lady are essentially like. Things happening to other characters in that show. They're not necessarily full characters into and um to themselves. Even 
when Makima by the end of the when you see Makima by the end of the, of her arc in the story. And the new villain of um in the manga for Chainsaw Man is very much that same thing. They exist with in the idea that they are going to interact with the main character. They don't feel like they exist on their own separately. In Police in a Pod, especially because you have two female characters, they feel like they have rich, full lives. And to that effect, they have an episode where both the female character, where basically a whole main core cast goes on dates and goes on mixer dates and then they all get called out at the same time by the same fucking emergency call and they all just kind of like in their dating best are just like they're in the same restaurant hilariously as a part of the comedy goes they're just like ah we, we gotta go and like there is no pause for Maybe those girls, maybe those girls want some privacy. They just like the guys just roll up on the girls like, "Hey, you get the call," and they're like, "Yeah, we got the call. We, we should go." And it's a great like moment in there, but it's not. It's not um, overblown, but it is slightly exaggerated in a way that makes it cute and funny. And this show handles. It's funnier moments with a kind of depth when transitioning to the more fucked up, like, police work they have to do. So one of the, I think it's like episode three, one of the first episodes, one of the first, one of the earlier episodes, um, let's see here. Um, one of, one of the earlier episodes has the characters attending to a dead body. And this is where you get... This is where you really start to get... Actually, the very first episode is a great example of this. The very first episode has the this police this police box sending both Kawaii and Miss Fuji to a school to talk about... Um, to talk about... Police work and the importance of police and the importance of following the law and all this stuff. As a kind of like a general community service thing they do. And like, one of them's like, oh god, do I have to wear the, um, do I have to wear the mascot? And they're like, oh no, that thing, we can't figure out how to smell, how to make that thing smell normal again. So we just stop using it. <laughs> and they're both like, oh, thank god. And earlier in that episode, they catch a serial burglar and no one's around to technically take him into custody because they're they're just they're just they're police women but they're just police box people they're waiting for a detective to like come in and like grill him and get the answer out of him so what miss fuji does with kawaii is really interesting she's like oh hey you seem like a nice old man who steals from people you and I both know you did it. He's like, yeah, okay. We both know I did it. I know that I'm about to have, like, a not great week. And she's like, can you explain this to my junior to my junior partner? And he's like, sure. Why not? <laughs> and so Kawhi is just, like, left alone with this old man burglar as he explains to her, like, how... How to crime, essentially. And that plays in later in the episode when they're giving a speech to kids. And you see Kawhi say, like, one of the ways that this explains to kids, like, why is it important that you follow, that you follow little laws? Like, no double riding on a bike, which is an actual law. Like, that's technically against the law. Um, like, the police will yell at you, but they won't, like... You won't get sent to jail for double riding, but you will get told to stop it. And what Kawhi does is she said to the kids, like, the way this... Bur She's like, so we recently apprehended a burglar. And the way the burglar chooses what towns 
he targets was he looks for towns where kids were riding doubles on their bikes. Which means that if you've ever seen anime, it's when one kid is pedaling and the other kid is standing on the little back seat thing. Or even sitting on the back seat thing. And she said because she, the burglar would know that that's a town that doesn't have a great sense of community, which means they won't remember him. And they're, they're not policing themselves and following the rules and having pride in their community. And, but kind of in the middle of the episode, they introduced this like gag of Miss Fuji looks an awful lot like the police, um, like the woman on the front of the brochure for the police currently. And there's a moment when like a kid is like really happy and like, I want to ask you something else. And Miss Fuji gets down on a knee and points and then both of them immediately realize, oh, fuck, I did the police brochure. And Miss Fuji just, like, can't take it and runs off, runs off crying. And it's like this, this show handles that flow of, like, com- having a sense of comedy and having a sense of Brevity, but also having a sense of seriousness and of, like, consequence. And, like, it knows when to make a big deal of something. It knows when to make a small deal of something. It knows when something can be comedy. And it knows how to switch between the two pretty adeptly in a way that's pretty impressive. The one thing I will say is a strange, deeply strange, weird choice is the opening and ending of this show. The opening and ending of this show are just, like, they're so strange. And you'll hear them on the episode, obviously, but the entirety of this show is very respectful towards all of its characters. Like, the female characters are, are seen and heard and... Like, in a way, in a way that is probably not true to life every time, and fair, fairly enough, especially in Japan, fairly enough, Miss Fuji, it seems, was clearly demoted because she was around the office being a detective, very much like guys are detectives. And in Japanese society, that's not great. It's not, like, a thing that needs to happen. And you see there's a small scene in this where Kawaii, because she's the least senior um, employee at this police box, is getting everybody tea and or coffee. And if you're the least senior employee and you're a woman, that's how it goes in Japanese companies. And it sucks. So, this show is, like, clearly aware that that's a thing, but it's doing a lot of work to show you the main character, the two main female, the two female lead characters as like fully formed people. Unless you're in the opening or ending. In the opening or ending, and I realized that it's difficult to show this, but you can manage it if you, if you make any attempt. And this show did not really make an attempt. One of the, I think like the second or third cut in the opening of this show is a cut, is like a very like provocative cut of Kawaii's butt, of her actual ass in her uniform. In a way that's like, this is, this is not what this show is. Why is this here? Like, why, why, why are we doing this? And yes, there's a, the, the aforementioned um, episode where they go where they go to a mixer is and there's, a, there's like a better part of the episode devoted to the fact that Kawhi is a virgin and doesn't have the like raw sexual knowledge to deal with some police work that will happen like when you've 
find a sexual abuse victim or when you bring in somebody who is engaging in paid dating or prostitution or anything like that. Um, and it's, and, and there it's not played for a joke. It's played for, this is who we've decided this character is. And this is a problem. And there's a, there's a moment when she's writing up a police report about this teenage, um, about this teenage, like, runaway they picked up. And she has to write up a police report. And this sexual term, she doesn't know how to, like, describe. Because she's never done them. She doesn't know physically what it means. And there's a moment when she's just, like, going around the officer, the office. And... Everybody just politely refuses, like, no, I don't know how to put that as, like, a technical thing. And Miss Fuji's finally like, what are you, what are you doing? And she brings it over, and she's like, oh, doggy style? That's called rear entry. <laughs> rear entry position. And <laughs> that's the technical term for it. And she's like, oh, okay, thanks. And it's... That episode, and I, I think it's the third episode. The third episode is, um, the third episode is, yeah, the third episode is corp is Corpse Tale. Um, are really specific moments about the kind of like the kind of occupational things that you do as a cop is uh, in this case in Japan that you don't do in everyday life so a thing I didn't even think about in and I'm not sure if they do this in um, America but I'm pretty sure they don't in Japan if someone dies in their home the cops come and inspect the body as a way of deter determining if the person was killed by somebody in the home and like poisoned or something, and this necessitates in the episode corp in the section of, of episode three, uh, the corpse tale, like this means that like Kawhi goes into a room with a dead old man and sees his whole ass naked body because they have to inspect it. And they have a whole conversation about, like, it's going to smell real bad, but don't make a face. Don't hold your nose. It's disrespectful to the person who whose body this was. It's disrespectful to the family who's waiting just outside. And there's this... And this is part of the copaganda thing I was talking about, in that cop shows want you to see this these parts of the show they want you to see like the police inspecting a dead body they want you to see the stuff that police do communally which is the real thing that police do but it's not all they do and one of the nicer things about this show is it's not quite so tight it's propaganda but it's still very human in its approach to it like like i said most of the characters you meet are low-key fuck-ups in some way. They they routinely just kind of fail. <laughs> just kind of don't... It doesn't go well for them. Like, there's a scene where Kawaii is chasing a suspect on foot. And there comes a moment where the suspect takes a veer off into, like, where she has to jump and hopefully land and keep up with him. And she lands, and then... the it cuts to black, and the next thing you see is her all fucked up, because she clearly landed and took a tumble and got scraped up everywhere, and a senior police officer being like, I can't believe you let him get away. And you just feel so bad for her, because she was doing her fucking best, and it just didn't cut it in that moment. And it's just... Like I said, it's a much more human approach to what would normally be a copaganda-like show. And that makes it... That that makes it... That makes you kind of endear... endear to the characters. Um, the addition of... 
uh, what's his face? What's the character's name? Um, not Miss Fuji. Um, I believe his name is Sanji. Um, yeah, Senji is also interesting because they have character. They have this old woman character keeps stealing from places, and they bring in Senji specifically because he's really talented. And they show this in depth later on in the um, in the uh, case where they're dealing with the um, with the meth dealer, with the girlfriend of the meth dealer, where. Senji, like, has a heart <laughs> in a way that, like, is not encouraged for cops. So he can, but what that means is when he's interrogating someone, especially a woman, they just kind of open up. They just kind of, like, he just, like, starts with, so how's your day been? I know this sucks. How's your day? And <laughs> they just kind of, like, let, they let down barriers in ways that they don't for other Interrogator, because that's not what interrogators are trained to do. They're not trained to necessarily treat the human as like who maybe had never been in a police to police box in their life. As you seem very nervous, let's get you calmed down, and then we can have a nice talk. And later on, in um, I'm going back to the episodes because. Um, this is the episodes are pretty important with how they reveal things about the show in um in Smooth Talker in the in the in episode the second half of of episode seven. They're talking that they're talking to the girlfriend of a meth de of a meth dealer of a suspected meth dealer, and he reveals eventually that he was never going to ask her about it, but because. His superiors said she needs to be questioned. He would just—he was straight up running out the clock because it isn't this woman's fault that her boyfriend was a meth dealer. And the woman later, like, pretty quickly is like, "I'll tell you what I know." Once she's once she realizes that's why she's there. What once she remembers that's why they brought her in in the first place. And you find out that, like, and Kawaii, who's the one who kind of, like, instigates that moment, later is like, her boyfriend sounds like such a nice guy. He sounds like he was there for, for, for her kid. He sounds like he was, like, doing the right thing. And, but at that point, Senji is like, yeah, he was, he seems like a nice guy. He also seems like a nice guy who deals mess. And that's a big problem. You know, you can't just be a nice guy and deal math. That's not how it works. And, and then he also says, but at the same time, it's really not her fault. As much as she could have known, she doesn't know. But she knew. And her ab abetting that means that people, people have formed some really nasty addictions to a really nasty drug. And she, and she should have to live with the fact that that is on her. And I think part of the way this show gets its ability to be both comedic and serious at the same time is every single episode is divided down the middle and half of the episode Half of the vignette, half of the 10 minutes is spent on one thing, and half of the 10 minutes is spent on another thing. So it's got a very, like, dinner and dessert, like, flow to it sometimes. And that makes it much, much, much more manageable from a tone, like, from a tone point of view than it would be if it was all jumbled up in one thing. So, and some, sometimes the episodes are super connected sometimes they're not in the case of um tailing of the episode seven tailing championship slash moose talker the tailing championship was them tailing the couple with the boyfriend who was a meth dealer it was the sexual harassment entrapment scenario <laughs> that Kawhi put actually senji in 
the smooth talker one could be more serious, could be more consequential, could be more philosophical about the letter and spirit of the law. But you could still get the like weird joke of the weird jokes they told in the first half of that episode, but you told the full story with those two halves. Not every episode is like that, but they are but because they're split down the middle, they have the option of going either way. In a way that a different show wouldn't have pulled off as well. Um, let's see, let's look at my notes here. Um I the last thing I want to say here is I think the characters the characterizations of people are in this are really good. They have this characterization of Miss Fuji as like the Hanya mask lady, like she'll smile at you, but like the the brighter her smile, the deeper hole you're digging, and you should be aware of it. Like Kawaii is slowly getting more slowly gets more competent as the show progresses. And but no character is perfect. No character is there are characters who are perfect for different moments, but they're not there's no exemplary ace detective. They all have their own strengths and weaknesses, and they all use those effectively or ineffectively accordingly. And that makes this show, which is really beautifully produced, actually. Like, it's a, it's a really good-looking show. Um, really, really stand out. Although I understand why it had it hasn't got gotten really noticed, and I understand why it has a seven point eight. It's not like not like it's an eight point oh, but it's also not like it's a five. It's because this is a this is a niche show with an audience that was always going to be smaller, but is also like it, in its own way, it's swinging for the fences and it's. Do it, it's doing things really well that other shows would not have done as well. And on that note, if you like this episode, um, new episodes of the podcast come out every Thursday and every other Sunday with the next Sunday edition, my Sunday episode. It's going to be coming out actually this Sunday because it didn't come out last Sunday because I wanted to do a reset because I missed a Sunday ep- edition. It's not important. But um, if you like the podcast, you can subscribe to it in whatever app you're using to listen to me right now. You can also, in that same app, give the podcast a five-star review and do a little write-up. If there's, if there's something you want to say about the podcast to potential listeners, it really helps the show. Definitely share the podcast with um, anybody you think might like it. Um, but on that note, I have been Alex. This has been Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you on later.